Hi, I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are the Russian Sisters. Welcome to our podcast. A show we created to talk about hard things. And also to bring some levity to your lives. Alexandra is a mom and occupational therapist. And Anna is a school counselor. And together we share our life stories. And crazy adventures. We aim to make you smile. And let you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. Enjoy our latest episode from The The Russian Russian Sisters. Sisters. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. Hello, hello. I'm really excited about our guest today, Alexandra. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, so tell us what, what's going on today. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask you how you're doing, but okay. Oh, you want? Oh, well, no, we'll just jump right in. We, got, we are yeah. excited. We got a so, lot to cover today. I know. We're officially launching our Ask Elena bit, and I am so excited. Y'all, we had Elena on a while ago now. I feel like it's been a little bit to introduce y'all to Elena and her amazing abilities. So I have your intro. It's a long one, but I'm going to I'm gonna share with you guys the amazingness. So we have Elena Gurley, who is an MSW as a mental health professional, clinical hypnotherapist, psychic medium, and spiritual guide specializing in hypnotic healing and past life regression. I don't even know how to peel that apart. I am so excited (laughs) for us to have you on here, though, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to like tap into all of your expertise and be like, Elena, help us all become better people. Yes. Well, thank you for having me back. I had a blast with the two of you. It feels like yesterday and also like a year ago at the same time. So I have no idea when that was, but I'm so happy to be back. We are delighted to have you back. Absolutely. How have things been for you since we last chatted? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. I've taken a few trips and had some adventures. And also, um, it was the 15-year anniversary since my brother died. And he died by suicide all those years ago. And we will be coming up on the year since our son died on December 6th. So it's been a up and down kind of few months, which is pretty much life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm just so sorry. Like I'm still very awkward when it comes to loss where I just want to give people hugs. I'm not a very huggy person anymore, but I just want to give people hugs and be like, I don't know what to say. So I just want to send good vibes and say, let's all find some peace. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing is if that feels right to you, just offering that. And if that doesn't feel right to the person, them feeling okay with saying that because people do immediately get awkward, especially when I mention losing a child and it's okay. I'm not of the mind that there are wrong things to say if you are being genuine and heartfelt. Hearing from people that they're thinking of me or they don't know what to say really meant a lot. So yeah, I always try to encourage You're people. much kinder than me. When people say inappropriate things, I'm like, oh, that's not okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's Well, I've had 15 years of people saying inappropriate things. And in those 15 years, I've also done a lot of work and a lot of healing to just realize that people's emotional intelligence isn't all that high. No. Yeah. We just don't know how to interact with people. And we don't, especially around death, we just culturally don't talk about death. 
and especially traumatic death. So, yeah, that emotional intelligence thing is sorry, Anna. Well, I was going to say, you can't always fault people for that too, for being Mm -hmm. awkward. And I kind of glossed over the, how am I doing today? Because I was just telling Alexandra this morning that I'm not doing well. So if you're also not doing well today or whatever day it is that you're listening to us, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. We had a funeral yesterday for a gentleman who was well into his nineties and well-loved and big family, but because of our role in the funeral and men providing the singing for it, I didn't have a really chance to process until I got home and was by myself. And, um, this just ended in like a, a really sad place because of all the other death or grief that through my students and teachers at school, I've just been kind of hearing and it's been compounding. And so I just ended up in like a really weird, bad space last night and needed some time to cry. And so my eyes are nice and puffy this morning. Um, but yeah, I'm just like slow going and, and squishy and mushy and, and thinking to what Alexander was saying, like people don't always have the right words to say. And, and sometimes you want to hit them over the head and be like, what is wrong with you? Because that was the most awkward thing you can say, but I love your perspective of, you know, trying to give people the benefit of the doubt and just (laughs) knowing that most in those weird times are trying to come from a, a good space from their heart and trying to offer up what, whatever they can in that moment for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I was glad that I didn't do my makeup until right before I left the house because there was something that came up on Facebook. It was a remembrance for somebody else, but then the song was that who you would have been. And so I was just, you know, sitting in the bathroom sobbing this morning, but that's been a couple of weeks of the up and down in emotion. So I definitely feel that I like that. That soggy, what did you say? Soggy mess or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just puffy eye, just yeah, a puddle of bleh. <laughs> Those anniversary reactions can, and this is what I say is they come in and they just hang out. And there's nothing you can really do but ride that wave. And then for me, it's usually on the day it kind of lifts, but I think it's different for every person. And it's Oh, yeah. Recently, I had someone just as a side note for if someone's like trying to be kind and saying, I'm sorry for your loss or, you know, that kind of thing. I I totally get that. I recently met someone whose husband of 47 years took his life about six weeks ago. And this woman went to find comfort at her church and was told by someone, you need to ask forgiveness because you caused this and you killed him. And that's the kind of stuff where I just am like, it's a good thing I wasn't there. because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might be in jail right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I think maybe I'm very, people tell me all the time that I'm very intimidating. So I also think there's this level where people wouldn't dare say things to me that they might say to somebody else. And so I have not bore the brunt of that in those kinds of comments because I just, yeah, I mean, my face shows all of my emotions. So that would have been one that, yeah, I don't know what I would have done with that, but wow, that is very troubling. So inappropriate. Yeah. So I know we have questions and one of the questions is kind of along this line. So I want to just jump into that one. For those of you listening, feel free to reach out with any questions. We're hoping to make this a regular thing to have Elena on and kind of give us some amazing guidance. But one of the things you and I had discussed talking about today is kind of grief in the holidays. Because they're yes. they're a little murky. Yeah. And I, I had posted about this the other day of making sure that you allow 
time and space to honor that grief. Because I know for me, I'm pretty good at holding it together at the event itself, but then the fallout after can really, really be draining. And uh, I think there's a term for it and I can't think of it. I meant to Google it today and didn't, but um, almost that if you think about kids, when they go to school, they sit all day, they listen, they follow directions, and then they come home from school and they're just wild and crazy. And I feel like that same kind of fallout can happen during the holidays where we can have the conversations, we can laugh and have the good time, but then there's going to be a drop off after that. So you are definitely not alone if you need space and time to cry and maybe even scream, maybe even punch a pillow or just really allow all of those emotions to move through you. And still have fun. And it's okay to still have fun and to laugh and enjoy the holiday. That's another big piece. I have a lot of clients that do not allow themselves to smile, to laugh, to have fun. It's almost like a form of self-punishment. So on both sides, if you need to laugh and have a good time, do that too. I feel like we guilt ourselves, right? Like I shouldn't want to laugh right now, or I shouldn't have any fun, or I should just be in the solemn depressed state. And there's this like limitation, or I don't even know what to call it that we put on ourselves this expectation, but I agree with you. I think if we just be, just allow ourselves to be in whatever moment. And and like you said, if you need to cry, cry, but if you need to laugh or you want to laugh, then do, because that's awesome. And it doesn't mean that you care about your person or your loss or your sadness any less. We just, we are the, the full range and it's okay to to live in that fullness of all the things during this time. I definitely agree. I think giving ourselves permission to set those boundaries to allow for that space. Cause I, I know in my own experience, sometimes I'm like, there's so many of us, where am I going to go right now to have a moment, you know? And so it's, it's the same. I think if you can't have a moment, what I like to do is if I can't have a moment right then and there, then it's like almost like I tuck it in my pocket and I'm like, Ooh, hold on to that because there is going to be time. And I know that I want to embrace that in a place where I feel like I can, but not to bypass it or to ignore it. Yeah. That's the really, really important piece. And in my family, I've been pretty lucky that we have always honored people that have crossed over because I do see a lot of people who once it happens, they're not quote unquote allowed to talk about it anymore. And that is so damaging. And so we do have the ornaments and the pictures and share the stories and those kinds of things at the holidays And so, you know, even making space for ways to honor your loved one. And I wrote a meditation to help people connect with their loved ones. And uh, that's something that I do around those special times. So I go into my special place, connect with my brother, connect with Bodhi or whoever it is that, that comes up on that particular day, sometimes a grandma, you know, whoever that might be. And so even making time to purposefully, intentionally connect with that loved one on an energetic level. I love that. I think that's great if your family does that. Not every, not everyone can, but still, again, it's okay to just do it on your own and be like, okay, this isn't something that the people around me or that I'm going to be with can do, but I can still do it myself. 
and still have that connection. I love that you made a meditation. We'll have to like earmark that to make sure we add that into the notes. And my cousin did the music for me and he used the chimes from my pappy's funeral. And so it made it really extra special because it's this meditation that's connecting with the loved ones, but this chime that we received in memory of him. So that's beautiful. It is. That's really cool. What I was going to say is I feel like um, people sometimes aren't sure how it is that they want to honor or remember their loved ones during the holidays. And um, I know we've gone through that over the last several years of just trying to figure out like, is the stocking up? Is the stocking not up? Do we light a candle? Is there a place set? Are there special prayers? Are there, you know, are there ornaments? Do we not have pictures out? Do we have pictures out? And so what are your thoughts on that for anyone who's going through that this, this or any season? Yeah, I don't think there's a right or wrong on that. You have to truly sit with and honor what your innermost self is telling you. So it's so I mentioned that we're coming up on the year of Bodhi's birth and death. And, you know, I have three other kids and I didn't know what to do for what should have been his first birthday because I don't want to make it a sad day, but obviously I'm going to be sad. I'm going to have a lot of feelings. And so we're actually going to do a cake battle. So we're going to do rainbow cakes and confetti cannons and sprinkles and have this cake battle and do a photo shoot um, so that we are remembering him, but also having fun while doing that. So now for some people, that might be horrifying. Um, but for us, that's what works. If you are more into the solemn prayers, candles, that's totally fine, too. My mom and dad and aunts and uncles used to go to the cemetery and take a cake and they'd kind of camp out for the day on my brother's birthday and eat and sing happy birthday and eat and then have cake. So, and then for other people that might be very troubling. So again, it's just whatever works best. I think that's fantastic. And you're right. I think, and maybe it is one of the harder parts is for people to actually sit with and sift through what do I want to do? Because it can all be very overwhelming. And we tend to have that like decision fatigue, um, especially when we're in that space of super grief in those first couple of years. And it's really hard to figure out what to do. And um, I love that there are people like you who can offer up suggestions and say, well, this is what my family did. And here's some considerations or here are what, here are some ideas that other people have done also to help them through because yeah, I think each person needs to find that thing that's right for them. Yeah. And even just receiving permission to do what's right for them, because sometimes we put those outside expectations on ourselves, or we saw somebody do something else and that doesn't work for us and, and that's okay. So having the permission to really explore what works for you and your family and your situation is just the most important piece of it. And to have the the patience with yourself and give yourself the grace and know that you don't have to have all the answers. And if that one day comes and goes and you haven't done anything like that, that's okay. You can still do and honor in the way that that works for you and your special person. Yeah, absolutely. I was feeling a little bit guilty because I still have not put a picture book together 
from the pictures of when Bodhi was born and died. One of my friends came and took pictures at the hospital. And then she also took pictures when the kids and grandparents got to meet him before the funeral and then took pictures at the funeral itself. And I was starting to feel really guilty that I didn't have that book together yet, but I haven't felt up to it. And so I did exactly like you said, I gave myself some grace today. Like, it's okay that you have not felt up to going through all of those pictures and putting them together and making it look nice. So absolutely. Grace is so important. Yes, indeed. I know. And I wish we were better at doing that for ourselves and for other people, like going back to the emotional intelligence and comments, like I feel like Alexandra has heard some of the most ridiculous things that people say to each other in times of, I don't know, hurt or loss. And yeah, like that's just, it's such a weird thing to experience and have to work, work through. So yeah, that grace, compassion, and forgiveness are, are things that we like, we're like, come on, we, we encourage people to just have that, try and do yes. that a little bit more. <laughs> yes, exactly. One of the things that Alexandra and I wanted to know if you would share a little bit about um, with our listeners is the idea that our loved ones are watching all the time. Sometimes there's this idea of like watching versus like being with us or like watching over as from above. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a question that I've heard quite often. And our ideas of being with us and watching over us are very different in what I've experienced through the past life regression and the sessions of connecting with the other side. We're coming from our, our human experience of time and space and ego. And when we go to spirit, we're returning to energy. So time and space isn't the same as we experience it. And also we don't care about the things that we care about here on earth. So I know people are worried about the bathroom or having sex and it, they don't care. So it's, um, it's not the same as, you know, th what they're watching and what they're interacting with is not the way that we would as humans. And we have jobs on the other side. So it is not as if our loved ones are with us in our 24-7 timeframes. So they may come in and out in particular circumstances. And then some family members may become more like guides or maybe with us during difficult times. But we cross over and we need to do our own soul healing work on the other side. We need to do our own jobs on the other side. Fascinating. I have had people ask that before because um, I'm very open. Well, I'll say usually I'm very open about the signs I get from Sean and stuff. And then there's, you know, the skepticism of, are you sure? And I think we've talked about this before. I usually say if it gives me comfort or for another person, if it gives you comfort or it helps you want to be a better person or to work toward being more healed, then what does it matter? You know, it, and, and being able to do that. I think about, yeah, the bathroom or the shower and I'm like, they don't have bodies. I don't know that it really, they don't matters. care. Although can I share a story? 
<laughs> a few weeks ago, I went to um, a medium event and there were a couple of mediums and doing readings for this group. There were probably, I don't know, Alexander, like 50, 70 people there. I don't even remember something like that. But our family presented itself like grandparents and then Sean presented themselves. But the medium was like, I'm, well, first of all, he talked about these duckies, these rubber duckies. And Alexander and I are looking at each other like, surely that's not us because we have this thing where we hide rubber duckies for our families. When we, they travel, they go away, we'll go to their house, hide the duckies. They come home and get to find all these rubber duckies. So it ended up being that. It was really funny, but he's like, I get this like bunny, this white bunny. And I had this, she's pastel, but I've had this bunny since I was four. And I was like, well, maybe that's that. But it, he kept saying white bunny. And I'm like, well, that doesn't fit. Right. And they say, don't try and mm-hmm. force it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have a bunny, but she's not white. And I was in my storage area recently and like was thinking about her, but that was so weird. And he just kept coming back to this white bunny thing. And then I was like, I don't, I don't know what that is really. Um, but then he went on and did the reading and then went on to other families. And like I said, this was a couple few weeks ago. And then more recently I was in my garage and I was cleaning out my trunk because we were donating some frozen turkeys to a charity downtown. So I had to clean out my trunk to make room for all the frozen turkeys. And in the back of my trunk is this dumb white bunny, a stuffed (laughs) bunny who's white in my trunk. And I had, I called Alexander, like I had the chuckle of a lifetime in my garage as I pick this bunny and she has a dress and it's something that's, that a family member made for me years ago, but I had had her in there since Halloween or a trunk or treat event that we had. So I've had her in the bag as she's been driving around in my car with me. And I just had, I had this like super fun giggle chuckle in my garage going, Oh, they are with us. Like, and Mm -hmm. um, I know the medium referred to it as like reading amnesia or something like, you're like, I don't know what that is. And then later you're like, Oh, that's what this thing was. And, and then it fits, it ends up fitting. And you're like, Oh my God, like that's, it was cool. That's my Mm -hmm. whole point of this story is watching or being with us or whatnot. The stuff that gets brought up, you can't Google that stuff. Like you can't Google that. I had this white bunny in my, the trunk of my car with me that someone would know anything about. Yeah. And when people talk about like, well, I don't want to give my full name or, you know, whatever. I'm like, I used to book sessions for another medium. And I was like, I promise you, she does not have the time or the energy to look you up ahead of time. This is not how this works. This is not what we're about. We're not trying to force things or make things up. It's about connection. And it's about connection between me and my clients, but also connection between me, my clients, their spirit team and my spirit team for the highest and greatest good. It's there's no um, I like what you said about. Yeah, don't force it because he already knew that you weren't going to get it right away, but that a couple of days later that would come back to you and then you would have another wash of, oh, look at that. And, you know, that laugh and that feeling of love and yeah, we are with you, you know, so it was more so that you needed that connection after the fact, because it's an ongoing connection. It's not just a here and now thing. So that's fascinating. 
I love that. I thought you were going to bring up Anna how they were talking about us doing our hair and you were like, I was just in the bathroom talking about how I have to go get my hair done. And then <laughs> they brought that up too. Because I was like, me or her? Because we were both going to get our hair done. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I like that idea though in the future. I mean, I talk to Sean a lot and especially if I'm going to an event and I'll say, hey, it's kind of shifted. It used to be like, I really need to hear from you. And now I feel like, more consistently like pictures will pop up of the two of us and I start to chuckle or the same like different signs will come up but one of the things more recently I've been saying is if someone can get comfort or figure out how to start healing out of hearing the connection between him and me then that to me makes it worth it because um, especially when we have a medium come to my suicide support group people are like their energy is so low their grief is so high that it makes me wonder. And you can see the disappointment if their person doesn't come through. And that is one of the things I was going to ask about that frequency and that vibration and how I've heard that. Have Is that something that you've experienced where, and, and someone told me that they're like the more higher grief or that sadness, right? Like the harder it is to connect or for us maybe to be open to, I don't know, you, you, you do your, yeah, it's, it's kind of both. And I definitely hear that a lot of people who are upset that they can't see their loved one or they can't see the signs or the symbols, but other people are seeing them. And that even happened. So the medium that I mentioned that, so we started seeing her when my brother died and she is incredible, like mind-blowingly talented. And she's had this from childhood. So she was born with it and has developed it her entire life. And So we had known her for years at that point and her husband died suddenly and unexpectedly and she could not connect with him and it devastated her. And I was having dreams about him and I would message her and that made it almost worse because I was experiencing him and she wasn't as a lifetime medium. And it was so devastating to her, but because the death was so unexpected and her vibration could not connect. And it is vibration. We're energy, they are energy. Them showing signs or coming into dreams takes energy. And so in my sessions, my goal is actually not for me to always provide the messages. I want the person to connect with their loved one, their guides, their ancestors, their angels, because to me, that is much more powerful than me telling you about the bunny. You actually going in and him showing you the bunny in your own mind. And and not that that wasn't powerful. That was a beautiful message and a beautiful synchronicity. But that idea that we do have that ability, we do have that power. And so in my sessions, I am working to get my vibration to match their vibration and for us to rise up to that spirit level of vibration so that they can receive the messages as well. They can feel them, they can hear them, they can see them so that they can continue that uh, down the road. We also tap into healing any traumas or doing forgiveness around the loss. So for me and my brother, I was a mental health professional. I was a therapist and he did not call me, did not reach out. I didn't see anything. I didn't see any signs because there wasn't, but the guilt 
And then anger that I had with that was overwhelming. And so if I had had somebody like me, we could have gone in and worked through that anger, worked through that guilt, you know, a couple months past his death versus it taking years and years for me to work through that on my own. And so that's a big piece of it. When we can do that healing, when we can do that forgiveness, then we can open up even more to that connection. You are speaking to my soul right now. I was just having this battle. Another thing I was telling Alexandra last night, Mm -hmm. it was another thing that popped up. So I need to chat with you offline. Yeah, (laughs) Anytime. Yeah. And that, that opens up, I mean, so many things, but I've heard that too. Like it's more powerful for us to have the healing here. And I've heard that I have two questions. One, why is that? And two, the other question I have is the way you're speaking is like anybody, even if you're not necessarily feeling like you have a natural gift, you can heal enough to start having more of that mediumship. I do believe that every single person has the ability to connect with the other side. And oftentimes people are already connected. Obviously, not everyone is interested in doing that either. There's a lot of fear around opening that connection up and communicating with the other side. And I can understand that. But the ability and the possibility is there. And also, I don't think people are always aware of all of the ways that they can communicate with us. We can use all of our senses. So There might be sounds that you're hearing, smells that you're smelling, things that you're seeing, and it can be numbers, it can be coins, it can be feathers, it can be a rainbow, it can be chance encounters, you know, and so there's just so many ways that the other side is communicating with us. And like you were talking about earlier, Alexandra, is choosing to live in the magic and seeing that connection instead of being skeptical and explaining things away, because it is easy to be skeptical and explain things away. But I prefer to keep an open mind and see a little bit more magic in the world and connection. Piggybacking on what you just said, I feel like, like when I had the bunny thing and and I chuckled, you're right. It was like, it was a time to connect. And I totally was like talking to my people in the garage, like, right. It's me. And like, Mm -hmm. that's really funny. And, and I, I just felt the love. And I, I feel like when these experiences bring us that, um, then there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, Mm -hmm. and I do know that that oftentimes there is a component of fear for some people, you know, what do they do if they do connect or another wondering we have is about that dark side. And like, if Mm -hmm. I open myself up to this connection and in the light, does that mean, and I still think that sometimes after I have an experience um, with a medium or, you know, I go home and I'm like, well, did I just open a door? And so I say some, you know, boundary things about like, just light, like I'm only letting the light come through. Um, But is there that, I guess, danger or that that fear? Is that a valid fear for people to have that they're opening the door to darkness? Yes and no. So with that, we are, when we're opening in a session or we're doing divination work, like with a pendulum or tarot, or of course, Ouija boards, we are opening a portal and anything can come through that portal 
unless we set those boundaries like you were just talking about. So it doesn't happen in my sessions because I have energetic protections in place. I have spirit team members in place to protect my space, to protect that person's space, to basically watch over the session. But then I am very careful about closing any portals that were opened within me or within that other person or in either of the spaces because that can definitely happen. I have opened a portal and removing an entity from someone's house and put it into a stone that I put on my front porch and I didn't close that portal enough and a whole bunch of crazy stuff happened at my house. So it is something to be aware of. But if you are going to see a medium, they are, I guarantee that they have a practice in place because they've made the same mistakes that I have and learn from those mistakes and close those portals. Now, it's just energy. So like when we were talking about um, that I'm energy, their energy, spirit team is energy, pretty much everybody has prayed at some point in time. And it's no different when you think about prayer, where we're talking to God or Jesus or Holy Spirit or Mother Mary versus talking to our loved ones or ancestors or guides or angels. It's intention. So the intention is connecting with God or the intention is connecting with our loved one. Now, what I definitely recommend against is just being like, whoever wants to talk to me, let's chat. Do not do that. No, because then you really are opening that up to any energy or entity out there. And that's what happens with Ouija boards. That's why people have so many issues with Ouija boards. It's not the Ouija board. It's the fact that they are opening that portal and not having an intention around it. Does that all make sense? Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that is I've come across people who have said, you know, I don't want to open up that portal because of what they're concerned could be negative. But what I love about what you're seeing is it's not like you open that portal and whatever negative comes through just hangs out and stays. And now your life is completely dictated by this negative energy. It's that you can clear that energy or set up a boundary after the fact. And it's not like it's stuck here kind of thing. Cause that's, I've heard from a couple of people where that's what it makes it sound like is like, Oh, now all of a sudden it's like the conjuring or, you know, all these different paranormal, scary movies where these things are just hanging out in your house. And now you you've got nothing, right? Like you can't, but um, I think that that's, that's really cool to be like, it, it is energy and, it, and it's fluid. I think in our minds, in our earthly minds, we just get stuck on this like black and white kind of thing. If you open it, then it's always open. If mm -hmm. you, you know, then whatever comes through. Yeah. It's just very interesting to see that. Like now you can change it at any point in time. Like you, you get to have kind of that control and say, yeah, exactly. Very interesting. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. One of the questions, I think this is kind of a fun one for you. How do you receive messages? So I know like you were talking about all senses, 
do you receive in all senses? How, do, how does that work for you? So we all have particular things that are stronger for us. So everybody expects that it's going to be visual, especially with a past life regression. They Everybody thinks it's going to be like watching a movie. But some people do see things like they're watching a movie. Some people actually re-experience it through their own eyes. But it's within the third eye. So it's all within the mind anyways. Um, I am more of a feeler and a knower. So, and you'll get clues as to what you are. So if you're like, mm, I'm just not feeling that today, or, oh, I heard that that's a really good thing for you, or I just know that I'm meant to do that. So you'll hear clues in your own language, which of the Claire's is your strongest. And that can honestly vary session to session that can vary between different loved ones and how they connect with us. And, oh, that was something I wanted to mention too. So we can be open to signs and symbols and synchronicities, but we can also ask for specific ones. Mm. So I wanted to offer that because that's something else that people ask me a lot about is how do I notice the signs or symbols or synchronicities? And you can specifically ask for certain things. And it doesn't always have to show up. Like if you're asking for a dove, it can show up where you run into me and see the dove tattoo on my arm. It doesn't have to be a dove in the sky cooing at you. So I have heard that. And I think something also is that, well, and you can tell me if you agree or or what you think of this, but we don't necessarily get to set the time of it. I've heard of people who are like, if you're really here, you're going to show me this or whatever. And then they expect it in a certain time and they might get that like two days later and, and miss it because they're like, oh, well, it didn't happen in the time that I wanted. Yeah, I would say at least three days, you know, give yourself a decent amount of time because it takes energy for them to bring that synchronicity or that symbol about. And they don't always just, you know, they're not at our beck and call. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, what? let's be clear on that too. So <laughs> it, to some extent they are, but then on the other side of that, it's not like they don't need to prove themselves to us. And so also sometimes we're, we need to be taught some patience around that. And also being a little more open instead of that demanding. So that's something to check in with on yourself too. It can be exciting to start to see things, to experience things, but keep it in balance. You know, we are here for the human experience. Uh, that is why we are here on earth. So make sure that you're not getting caught up in the ethers in asking for signs and symbols all the time, because you know, we can, you know, everything's about balance. So we can go too far that way sometimes too. And I've seen that or have heard of stories where if that wanting the other person to prove, like prove, and then I'll have faith, like I'll, I'll believe if you just show this sign to me and it just doesn't work that way. And then sadly it leaves a person or leads them to despair or thinking like, this doesn't work or I can't connect. And, and that's heartbreaking. And I, and I think that's the danger of it leading to, to that space of darkness instead of just, you know, keeping that, that love, that light, not wanting that desire to connect, to lead you astray, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think I just got so fascinated by the opportunity to connect. And I think that's been a big part of my healing process, even though Sean died, like I was, I wasn't ready to let go. 
And so that's mm-hmm. still something that I face now is like this connection and the signs. And if it's pictures that pop up or having these opportunities is still a way for me to connect because I'm like, no, I'm still not, I'm not ready to let, to let go of you. Not, not that I can't start moving forward. And I definitely have felt a shift with that where I'm like, oh, I, I feel like I can embrace this life. And I tell him and my other spirit team, like, oh, I think what you guys have going on sounds amazing. I still have some things to do here. So I'm not ready. So please like give me some protection because I need at least 15 more years at least. (laughs) But that's really interesting because I've definitely had moments where I'm like, oh, I just want to, I just want to hear from you or feel you. And, and he's always around. It's just whether or not Mm -hmm. I'm open to it in the way that it comes through. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I talked about that, having that special place that you create in your mind so that you can go to that place and where it becomes almost like that habit and the routine of that connection. It's just an opportunity. And so you can simply go in and relax there, or you can go in with wanting to connect, or you can go in and bring in the thoughts that you want to be having, offer up some things that you're ready to release. So it's giving you a space to do that because I know that there is a risk to just kind of like being in that meh kind of space all over the place. So if we can be a little more intentional and purposeful with our connection, then hopefully we can be more present in our day to day and focus on the connection of the other humans or animals that are in front of us and then have space and time set aside for more intentional connection with our spirit team. Oh, I love that. I'm like, do I need to go meditate right now? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we could do a whole episode on that because I'm really intrigued by what Alexander said about not ready to let go. And on one hand, I'm like, let go of, of what, because you're always going to be connected. But then on the other hand, there are people out there who are going to say, if you don't put this in this box, then you're not going to be open to this or this new relationship or whatever. If you're not ready to let go of this, then you can't, then you, you or energetically won't be open to this. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think that that's the case in my experience because, I mean, I know people whose spouses have died 15 years ago or longer and they still have a connection. That was a soul connection. So it doesn't matter if that connection was a day or 55 years. We still had and Alexandra had a soul connection with him. And so that is not something that you're just, you know, it's not a cut and dry thing. And now, you know, there are things where you can check in and make sure that your energy is not in his energy. You've pulled all of your energy back to you. You've sent all of his energy back to him because that is, we need to maintain our own energy. And so there's a difference between if we are handing power over or handing energy over versus being in our own power, being in our own energy and still honoring them, still honoring that connection, still honoring the part that they played in our lives. Because I do believe that we can have a fleeting 
connection with somebody. I just met a guy on the side of the road the other day and he took me up to his barn for a beautiful sunset. And like, it touched my heart in a way (laughs) that was really special. And I think for him too, it seemed like he was really lonely and just to have this random interaction, we can't downplay the importance of even those things, let alone downplay the fact that you were in a committed relationship with him. You built a life together. You had a child together. That's not just a brush your hands and walk away kind of thing. But I don't think that that limits you from being open to living your life and even other relationships. You still get to honor that part that he played in your life for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think um, even my therapist the other day, he's like, I just want to caution you as you're trying to open yourself up to connecting with another partner, you know, just about maybe not talking about Sean so much. And I'm like, I talk about him with you. It's not like I'm going to be on a date and be like, so let's talk about how funny my late husband, you know, (laughs) it's like, yeah. yeah. And it's a balance though. I mean, I have wondered like, how do you balance this? Because other spouses, surviving spouses that I know have run the gamut. I know this wasn't really where we were going to go, but we're just going to go with this, but who've run the gamut of what was going on in their relationship before their person died. And so I, like, I was still very much, even though things were a little up and down for us, a little quite up and down for us, like right before Sean died, like I was still fully in love with him. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's one of those things where I'm like, I, <laughs> just imagine him like hanging out. If I'm on a first date, he's just hanging out next to me. And I'm like, don't not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, No, not right now. Or I was joking that sometimes I feel like he's in my car, like sitting in the seat, front seat. And I was actually on my way to pick up Anna. And I was like, dude, you got to get in the back seat. Cause she's, she's going to take shotgun here. Like, and I'm, can't, can't and I'm not sitting on your awkward. lap. I know it's yeah, awkward. Yeah. Okay. Move on back. Energetically or not. I'm not sitting yeah. on your lap. No. <laughs> yes. I got shotgun. Okay. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. I was like, Anna, Sean's in the front seat. Can you sit in the back? Yeah. No, that would be fantastic. Hard no. (laughs) Please tell me if that ever happens because that would make my whole day. (laughs) And I think that's a really good point, but that's where the healing can come in though, too, of if there is, you know, with the turmoil, are there things that you need to say to him? Are there things that he needs to say to you on a soul to soul level? And so then once you get to say those things back and forth, you can really come to a place of peace within you. So you were having ups and downs, but you were still very much in love with him and committed to their relationship. And then other people may have even been further down that line of kind of being done with the person, or maybe they were even separated, but there's still things to be said. And if we can look at it from what our soul needs, then it's not so personal. It's not so human. It's not so ego-based. And so if we can look at the role that he played in your soul's growth, then it doesn't have to be like, oh, I can't talk about him because I'm moving into a new relationship. It can be like, this is what got me to this place. And he was super funny. So you better live up to the funniness, dude, or you're not going any further on these dates, you know? So I think it is okay to talk about them. Obviously balance, we gotta, you know, (laughs) not go too far down that line of, um, you think it would be awkward if I was like, man, your smile is just like my late husband. Maybe a little. 
<laughs> a little awkward. Maybe just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Or no, then there you go. Then I tell that guy, hey, could you sit in the back, please? My late husband's <laughs> sitting in the front seat. <laughs> That would be fantastic. I know. Sometimes I just get so over the idea of dating that like for fun and it's not, that would not absolutely not be fair to another person to do that. But sometimes I wish that I could just say some of those most ridiculous things. (laughs) So crazy. And I say that like I'm actively dating and I'm not, but I do wonder about that balance. Exactly. That balance of how do you, you know, maintain that relationship because I don't want to lose the relationship I have with him now, but also want to be able to embrace and like welcome in a new person into our lives. But I love what you're saying also is like changing it to what is it that your soul? I mean, I think that's, what's been a huge part of this for me is that understanding that soul connection and this will continue on. And while my human self is sad at times because I don't get to have that human connection still recognizing that I'll continue to have that soul connection. That is what brings me a lot of not relief, but what's the word I'm looking for? You guys peace or yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And comfort. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why I like the past life work too, because in, in my belief system, I've had past lives with my brother and with um, you know, and I haven't gone back to look at past lives with Bodhi yet because I just haven't felt up to it. But and so I know I'll have lives with them again in the future or if I don't reincarnate, fingers crossed, then, you know, I'll at least get to see them on the other side and looking at how our souls have been connected over many lifetimes really is very comforting. So uh, that's just so beautiful. And then then there's a part of me that's like, Come on, people. I think you said this last time and it really struck me because I'm like, why don't people want to like heal and get better and feel better? And I think in our the last time you were on, you were just like, and some people's souls just aren't meant to. And I'm like, oh, all right, fine. Yeah, it really is. It is an individual journey. And the what we can do is focus on our own healing and then noticing where we can use that to help other people. And that's what I, everything that I've ever gone through in my life has translated into my work and now how I can help other people move through their own healing journey, but not everybody is going to do it the way that I did it. It's bits and pieces and it, um, not everybody is going to resonate with every perspective that I hold, but that's okay. I'm still going to share my perspective. And that might change over time too. The more life experience I have, the more things change. So I feel like I could just talk to you for hours. I'm like, this is fantastic. Well, and we can in the future, hopefully, (laughs) right? Yes. We'll we'll have more of these connections and sessions and that's exciting. I agree. I agree. Elena, we like to say, and let our listeners know, and you've, you've briefly mentioned this earlier, today on ways to let people know they are not alone. Do you have a tidbit to share with the Russian sisters listeners to let them know they are not alone? Well, the one that came to mind was you are not alone if you are a true crime aficionado, but also make really risky decisions. (laughs) Like meeting a random strange man on the side of the road and going to his barn with him. (laughs) 
You're like, I've seen this Dateline episode before. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But it felt right in the moment. And like I said, I got to see a beautiful sunset. And I think he was, uh, he was just being friendly and was feeling a little bit lonely. And it was that perfect. I wasn't even going to pull into that particular pull off parking lot space and made a mistake and pulled in there. And he just happened to be there. And, you know, it was one of those beautiful synchronicities that, and I wasn't even supposed to be coming home at that time. A appointment canceled, you know, it was just one of those things that it was right moment, right time for this little bit of connection and still very super aware of that's exactly how um, true crime stories start. So <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I will say if you have had to do any, this is like separate from our conversation today, but y'all, if you've had to do any shopping around a holiday, and then feel like happy hour starts early in your household afterwards, you are not alone. Mm. It's a little crazy out there here in Colorado. Yeah. My drive over here was a little weird. Not going to lie. It's like seven minutes. I know. But yeah. Seven minutes of weird. Okay. Mine is recently I was baking an apple pie and I haven't baked an apple pie in years. So I'm, I'm finding these like funny full circle life things. Like with my coaching, I haven't done that in 10 years. I it's probably been at least that since I baked an apple pie. So I'm like, Oh, it's funny that now all of a sudden I'm doing these things that I haven't done for years. And it's kind of fun. Um, but anyway, so I was baking an apple pie and one of the spices that goes in to an apple pie is nutmeg. And I don't like nutmeg. And so you are not alone people out there. If you also do not like nutmeg, but I did put some in the apple pie because the recipe called for it. Good for you. And I don't know how it came out because then it went to a pie auction. So someone else (laughs) is going to like, so one thing with pie, you can't try it ahead of time to make sure it's okay. I mean, you can, my mom and dad show up with desserts that have pieces cut out of them all the time. So it's fine. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I feel, yes. I'm totally going to do that for our next pie auction. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. I had to try it. Make sure I had okay. to taste it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Maybe awesome. not a pie auction, but you know, just bringing it to a party. You can totally try it ahead of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Okay, so let's do the STW joke of the day first, and then we'll we'll have you share, Lena, how people can find you. Okay. Okay, what did I land on for our joke of the day? Hold, we're, we're put together today. <laughs> I did have one earlier. Oh, I, we're almost to chapter two of the book. We're still in the full, full grown. So, all right, let's just go with this one. Yeah. Okay. It's not my favorite, but we're going to roll with it. And Al's going to chuckle anyway, which is going to be fun for me. Every time. Why did the plumber quit his job? Why? It was too draining. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. It was a little chuckle, but it was worth it. (laughs) Oh, they're just so bad. They're They're so so dumb. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. It has been amazing, Elena, being able to connect with you again. How can people find you? Yes. So I am celebrate every step on my website, my Facebook, my Instagram, and my YouTube. So keeping it very simple. Awesome. And we'll, we'll include all of your contact information into our show notes. I'm just excited for this and I can't wait for the next one. So 
if y'all have any questions, if this spurred any other questions for you, or you've even had experiences that you want to ask about, definitely um, reach out to us, the Russian sisters at gmail.com and, and we'll forward that in. And yeah, I'm excited for our next time together. Yes, me too. This was so fun. Thank you, ladies. Yes. Thank you. And um, to our listeners, we love you guys and we hope you have a great rest of your week. Yes. We will chat with you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Russian sisters to connect with them. Go to the Russian sisters.com produced and distributed by the sound off media company. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know, and he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.